So I want to start by looking at the theme of this conference, prevail. What does it mean to prevail? To prevail means to overcome or prove and prove more powerful than opposing forces. Take note, it means to what? Overcome and prove more powerful than opposing forces. Like Dr. Morakin rightly said, you know, you know, we're in warfare. You we have to fight. So there are opposing forces. You know, the, the greatest mistake you can make as a believer is think that, uh, you know, now that you're born again, it's going to be rosy and, you know, just claim nothing against you. All the devils know you're a child of God and they stay on their lane, you stay on your lane. There's no such thing. You we have to overcome. So to prevent me is to overcome or to prove more powerful. You know, I checked up the word prevail and I realized, especially in the King James Version of the Bible, that word is used 29 times in both Old and New Testament. And there was, there's a use of it in the Old Testament that stands out for me, and that's 1 Samuel chapter 2, verse 9, when it says, For by strength shall no man prevail. For by strength shall no man prevail. And the one that stands out for me in the New Testament is in Matthew chapter 16, verse 18. Although we call it the New Testament, but technically it's still the Old Testament. Because the new did not begin until Jesus' blood was shed. Hey. Okay. Somebody's looking at me somehow. I said, well, what was he talking about? The New Testament starts from Matthew. It's more of transition. Because not until the blood was shed, then the new covenant was established. Is somebody here who will stay with me? So in Matthew chapter 16 and verse 18, Jesus said, He said, on this rock will I build my church, and the gate of hell shall, shall not, come on, I can't hear you, shall not. So that word is used severally across the Old and New Testament. So very briefly before I get into the rest of the things that God will have me do, there are a number of things that the God highlighted in my spirit as I was coming tonight, and I want to quickly run over them. How not to prevail. How not to prevail. Number one, by focusing on your natural strengths. So let's start from the angle of what not to do. How not to prevail. If you, if you want to prevail, you must learn not what focus. Because focusing on natural strength will make you not prevail. When you focus on what? Your natural strengths you will not prevail because your strength is not in your uh your humanity your strength is in your divinity you are a spirit you have a soul and you live in a body so the part of you that you get to see naturally is not as strong as the part that is unseen but where your strength is, is in the unseen. So you don't focus on your natural self, your strength, your abilities. All those things are wonderful, your intellectuality. But beyond that, there's a strength in you. So never focus on human strength. Write it down. Secondly, we don't prevail by deceitful means. 
You know, Psalm 92, verse 7 says something interesting. He said, when you see the wicked prosper, say, don't get excited. And when I say believers, they can use any example in the pulpit just to illustrate success. Not everything that glitters is good. Not everything that looks like is good has the right foundation. I just want to get ahead in life. I don't care. You must care. You don't just do anything. There is, there's a reason why God you gave you the gift of righteousness. is to produce fruits of righteousness. Three. We don't prevail by pulling others down. We, we don't, we don't, okay. just anything, you know. In this kingdom, we prefer one another. We're not that desperate that we can do anything. March on people's heads. Take advantage of them. Be disloyal. Break friendship. Use people. No, we don't do that. Romans chapter 12 verse 10 says, preferring one another in love. He said, be affectionate, be kind to one another. That's who we are. Four, we don't prevail by being lazy. <laughs> Somebody said, oh, I thought you teach on God's rest. Rest is not in activity. It's spirit-led activities. Say, oh, I function from rest. Just lie down on my couch and everything comes to me. No, we don't prevail by being lazy. Laziness is not rest. A little sleep, a little slumber, a little folding over, you know the rest. So, we don't prevail by being lazy. Five, we don't prevail by thinking small. <laughs> You know, there's a young man that works closely with me. I've known him for about three and a half years. When I met him, his mind was so small, super small. And you know what I started doing, what I, what I had to do with him? You come around, you know, I'm, you know, he's part of my protocol team. You come around me, and I will intentionally mention some numbers around him. I said, oh, I just, we were talking about, you know, $120,000. I said, he said, Naira, I said, dollars. I said, ah. Daddy, that's a lot of money. I said, no, it's not a lot of money. <laughs> Initially, it was like, he was strange. And I did it purposely, purposely. And under six months, his mind changed. Last year alone, he bought 19 cars. If you, see, if you meet the same young man today, you don't know, no, 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 he cannot be the person. Because anytime I see his post online now, I laugh. I say, you. <laughs> By the way, I gave him his first car three years ago. And he would tell anybody, he said, watching me was my mind. My mind was too small. You know, you grew up in Ife. <laughs> Nothing against Ife. I went to school in Ife. But you know, you know, you can relocate and your, the village in your mind too will relocate with you. I know you'll be thinking it's Lagiri, Mudakeke, you know. <laughs> you know, some people, you know, they didn't even pass through Lagos. It was like they took them from their village and moved them to America. 
So moving to America did not change anything because their mind is still on their village level. As a man thinks, so is he. You want to prevail? You know, I've even come to realize that with all your spirituality, if your capacity is not enlarged, your spirituality will be contained. You must take your mind to where your spirit is. You are already seated with Christ. The question is, is your mind here? And God can only do as far as you see. Genesis chapter, Genesis chapter 13, or is this chapter, chapter 13, verse 14, I think. Lot has just left Abraham. He was supposed to be a major issue. His partner, major partner just left. And God stepped in. And he was not talking about Lot leaving. He said, Abraham, come out. Look not what Sado. The problem is not Lot. The problem is your mind. He said, I can only give you as far as you see. You know, God will bring some people into your life in seasons just to enlarge. Several years ago, I went to Asia for the first time. And I did, I mean, not for the first time, second time. And I did not know God was setting me up. I found myself in Philippines. And you know, the first time I was in Philippines, I was a king. I did not only preach, I gave churches money. This time around, I didn't know God was setting me up. Very humble man was, I mean, picked me up, a Chinese of Chinese descent. A Filipino boy of Chinese descent picked me up at the airport and he was like, oh, pastor, if you need anything, I'm here to serve you. So he took me to my first meeting, which was a blessing, massive blessing. So he took me to the hotel. And as I was leaving, he said, pastor, you really blessed me today. By the way, I left something for you by the bedside. He's Philippines. So no expectation. So after he left, I told him, I said, okay, let me even see the, what's their money again? Pesos, or I said, let me see the pesos he left. But it was not pesos, it was dollars, a thousand dollars. Ah, PA protocol, a thousand dollars. Even the person I preached for. <laughs> so I was like, okay, this, this is a, it's a different kind of Philip, I mean, I mean, protocol. So the following day, he came to me, he said, Pastor, anywhere you want to go, just let me do I, I will take you around. So he started taking me around. But some strange things started happening. We'll drive maybe like 10, 15 minutes and he will point and say, that's my store. And the store looks like Walgreen. Then we'll drive another 15 and say, that's another of my stores. So after a while, I said, young man, <laughs> how many stores do you have? Say about 26. Ah, and you are my protocol. <laughs> I like this kind of protocoling. A few days after, I was supposed to do uh, a minister's conference for, the, for a whole province. So they said, oh, this, this is going to take us like two hours drive into, you know, the province, if you don't mind. And he drove me again. So he drove me into this nice resort, and I was, wow, this is a beautiful place. So the minister were in the conference room, so they took me to like the executive, I mean like their, uh, you know, executive room. So they took me there, I sat down, and there the head of the ministerial station of the province came to meet me. He said, sir, it's good to have you around. We're so blessed, we're so honored. And he turned to the person that brought me. So I said, ah, please, help us thank him for giving us his result. I said, okay, okay. So at that point, there's something called spiritual intelligence. I forget protocol. 
all the dollars that was around me in my pockets, in my bag, I gathered everything together. So I said, well, what are you about to do? I'm about to give seed. <laughs> Who cares? No packaging. If you have it, you have it. If you don't have it, you don't have it. So I handed everything that looked like money around me. And then he's over to him. He said, Pastor, he said, for what? I said, I'm sowing a seed into your life. He said, really? He said, yes, now. You own this and all those stores. And you are still a protocol. I want to be this kind of protocol. <laughs> I can as well resign as a pastor and become a protocol. Because it seems this protocol thing is working. And the man saw my heart. And he was shocked. That, you know, because they're used to preachers coming from America and feeling too larger than world. You know, these Philippines, we are the one bringing resources. But now, a minister from America, is, he has it. I don't, I didn't have it. So when he saw my heart, he kind of calmed down. So I looked at him one day. Maybe another day we were driving. I said, you know what? It's an, it was an associate pastor. I said, you want to be a good pastor? I said, yes. I said, me, I've been doing pastor since I was a teenager. He said, I will teach you. If I will overteach you, he said, really? He said, yes. I will lay hands on you as many times as possible. But this money thing, you will teach me. <laughs> the man said, really? He said, yes. He said, and the man really wanted to learn ministry. Me, I wanted to learn about money. Because you can be a prophet and be broke. With all the anointing. I'm not sure I've read about the story of the prophet who died. That they had to come and pick his children. So you can be anointed to your bone. And not understand the mystery of money. So the man started teaching me. There were things I did on that trip that I corrected. He said, Pastor, Pastor, if you want to be rich, you don't do that. It's not just about sowing seed. There's understanding the money intelligence. I said, okay, sir. Okay, sir. <laughs> then after he saw my heart, after we came from that trip, I hope I'm not boring anybody with my story. After we came from that trip, and he saw the humility in my heart, he looked at me, he said, Pastor, this hotel is not my standard. Say anything you say. Where's your standard? He said, My standard is in my house. I said, Really? Your house? He said, I have a prophet chamber. I said, I'm a prophet. Let's go. <laughs> that afternoon, I was checked out. So he checked me out of the hotel and he checked me to. I, I walked into a mansion for the first time in my life. I said, Ah, this is where things happen. And I was able to see into his family how he raised his kids. Some of you, you need to be more, in, more intentional about raising your kids, not just in terms of spirituality, in terms of money intelligence. I saw how his teenage son was thinking. And Chinese are very, very intentional. There are things I'm still using in raising my kids today that I learned from him. Just, I stayed with him for about two weeks. We traveled all over the Philippines. Do you know I came back to America and everything changed until today it has not returned back. And I knew where, I tell people, I said, I knew where that noting came from. It did not come from America. It did not come from Nigeria. It came from Philippines. God set me up. I see somebody walking into Kairos in this season. Somebody said, what is Kairos? Kairos is right place, right time. 
Makataya, la koto. The kind of money that came into my hands for the next six months, I knew where it came from, Pastor Emmanuel. Something has happened to my mind. I contacted something bigger than me. See, today is still my friends. It's not everything you get by praying in tongues. There are certain things you get by association. And that's why one of the things you cannot afford to do if you will prevail is associate anyhow. Everybody's your bestie. <laughs> Blessed is the man that walked not in the council of a godly, nor stand in the way of the sun, nor seated. The... You know, several years ago, we were still living in Romeoville then. I don't know if you know Romeoville. It's a suburb in the southwest. And, you know, and a man heard about me and he was so excited. So he came to my house. He said, I've had so many things about you. I love you. So okay. I was watching him. He said, Pastor, everything I have in this world, I worked for it. Nothing came to me without sweat. He said, ah. <laughs> and you want to be my friend. I don't want to be your friend. I'm like, that's a cost man. He eats in the sweat of his face. I said, no, you can't be my best friend though. I'm under favor. Because my story is different from your story. Everything you have, you worked for it. There are a lot of things going on in my life that has nothing to do with my sweat. So because of that, we can't be friends. I didn't say it out. <laughs> At least I'm better than my friend. I have a friend in California. Several years ago, he called me, December 29th or 30th. He said, Pastor K, this other friend of ours, I notice you are not flowing with him. I'm not flowing with him. So I said, hey, it's true. He said, but I want to do something. I want to call him, December 34th. I said, to do what? He said, I want to tell him that I will not be his friend again. He said, ah! I said, is it necessary? He said, so that he will not be surprised. He said, just make that decision. So I'm not like my friend. I'm not that confrontational. I just withdrew. I did not call him. I did not pick his so-call. He got the message. We are not friends. Blessed, if you are too nice, you will compromise your, your, your destiny. Hey, everybody, he's my best friend. When I see the way people use the word covenant friend, now it's like covenant friend. How many people do you have covenant with? <laughs> you want to prevail. You are very intentional about your association. don't just associate anyhow you associate intentionally several years ago a minister of the gospel came to the city to preach highly anointed this man is a dead raising very anointed fire spitting minister took me out and he was washing was one of my primary mentor he said ah, that man is fake i said ah do you know himself forget it i warned him one first time he did not stop. Second time, I gave him yellow cards. And he continued, red cards. So I just kept quiet. At that point, of course, it's red cards. There's nothing to say again. So I just kept quiet. I said, when you are done picking all the things you want to buy in this store, let me know. So he told me. I followed him to the cashier, brought out my credit card, paid for everything. He was shocked. It's called send-off gifts. <laughs> I paid for everything. I even gave him my protocol. I said, protocol, don't worry, I will drive my car. Drive him wherever he's going. Drive him. And as he, dri- as he was driving him, I was deleting his number. 
people that pour oil on me. You will now be washing them in my presence. And he's a I'm not sentimental when it comes to destiny. I can't mess with my future. I'm very deliberate. Just because somebody is anointed does not make him my friend. His values must be consistent. So you want to prevail? You got to watch your association. You don't associate anyhow. And of course, if you want to prevail... You don't live in your past. One thing I do, Philippians 3.13, forgetting the things which are behind. They are behind. Put them behind. All this, all your references are based on what happened 15 years ago, 25 years ago. Your future is in danger. You're living in the past. And I don't care whether the past was wonderful or horrible. Past is past. Can you imagine in 2023 you are still telling your story of federal government college that you went to a night night seven? Say, ah, when I was in school, I was sharp. Are you dull now? All your references are in the past. There is a problem. Including your great accomplishment. Put them aside to see into the future. That you know it's from glory to glory. You can't afford to live in the past. The past disappointments, the past failures, the past successes, the past accomplishments. Leave them there. It's in the past. It's in the past. The path of the righteous is like a shining path. God has something bigger for you in the future. And that's why you can't live in the past. I don't know what I'm talking to. The mess you did several years ago. And do, do you understand the covenant you are under? The blood that took care of you as far as redemption is concerned is not the blood of bulls and goats. The blood of bulls and goats covered. This one blotted. You wiped it out so much that there's no trace of your past. It's not as if God is dull. But the blood was so strong. That as sharp as smart God is, he said, I can't remember. He said, I can't, I can't, your sins are iniquities. I can't remember. That's how strong, one sacrifice put away, put away all your sins. And you are still living in it. You are allowing the devil to put you under condemnation, pains. I mean, describe your future based on your past. No way. You want to prevail? Those seven things are key. Do you know those seven things? Or should, should, should I run over them? You don't, you fo- Number one, you don't, fo- I mean, if you, how not to pre- if you don't focus on your natural strength, you don't, you don't prevail by deceitful means. You don't prevail by pulling others down. You don't prevail by, by being lazy. You don't prevail by thinking small. And you don't prevail by wrong association. Of course, the seventh one, you don't prevail by what? living in the past then let's get into how to prevail am am i getting somebody tonight how do you prevail i love this you prevail by believing in the love of god that's basic and that's the problem the gospel is so simple that if you are not careful you will miss it i believe the love of god 
Can I be real? Majority of believers focus on their love for God more than their more than God's love for them. Now, do I have anything against you loving God? No, I, I mean you should be a love God lover. But listen, the foundation is the love He has for you, not the love you have for Him. The love for Him is a fruit. Of the revelation of the love he has for you. In fact, you can't love him well until you know how well he loves you. First John chapter 4, verse 16 says, We have known that no, it's not just a, 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 a light no, it's, it's the kind of no that bats children. We have known and believed the love that God has for us. You know, when I hear believers say things like, you know, God, if you do this for me, then I will do this for you. You've not known. The love of God, the height of it is the cross. I don't care. I've seen miracles. 65-year-old woman getting pregnant with twins. I've seen it. Massive miracles. I have one of my sons who has raised eight people from dead. In fact, he has more qualification. I have not raised up to eight people. I'm still catching up. So last time I was in Nigeria, I was taking notes from him. How do you raise people from death? <laughs> During the pandemic, his dad passed for three days. He was in Lagos. So because of all the challenges of logistics, it took him three days to get to Akwaimbo. He got to Akwaimbo and raised him back to life. His dad is alive to today. His wife works for me, so I know him very well. <laughs> but you know, as massive as raising the dead, the dead back to life is that miracle is incomparable to the demonstration of the love of God for you at the cross. Nothing beats that. If you do this for me, I will do this for you. He has done the greatest for you. Greater love has no man than this. If you do this, you don't get it. You are under an unconditional covenant. You are now putting condition. You do this for me. You don't get it. He loves you so unconditionally that he killed his son for you. I have one son who is 20 years old. Ladies and gentlemen, I love that boy. I mean, I don't know how Abraham did it. <laughs> Take your only son, whom you love. <laughs> you know, there's some scriptures you read, you read casually. Put yourself in that picture. Even Isaac tried. <laughs> especially when it got to that point of uncle lie down <laughs> and you have a knife in front of you I know <laughs> I will be the one to cast out the devil out of Abraham no way in the name of Jesus I will live and not die and not die but you know at the end of the day Abraham did not have to go all the way because God was just trying to get a picture a picture of a father that loves humanity to the extent of killing his son just to have humanity in his family. The question is, do you really see that love in his death? God loves me. Put all the miracles you're expecting aside. Just soaking in that love. You know all this, my love tank is low. It's because you have not drank enough of his love. And please, spouse, stop putting pressure on your spouse. Feel my love tank. It will, it will. You know, there's so many teachers on relationships. So many teachers on relationships. This day. My love tank is low. Feel it, feel it, feel it. Let, won't you let God fill your love tank? 
Hey, Zakata, Aya. Have you thought of it? How can someone who came to help humanity and now humanity turned against him and yet he was on the cross say, Father, don't, don't, don't put it against them. Hey, what kind of graciousness is that? That is love. God does not just do love. It's love. He defines love. I believe your love. Hey, ba. God loves me. God loves me. Ma sota ba. Angry anta yeshe. God loves me. God loves me. I don't need another miracle to be convinced of that love. The cross is enough proof that I'm loved by God. Lift up your two hands and shout, I'm loved by God. Ma sota bakata makata yasha ikekete inketeba. God loves me because I see the cross clearly. Baka greater love has no man than this than for a man to to lay down his life for his friends. He loves me. Maso, you know there's such a thing as going through a situation and rather than be swallowed by that situation, you say no way. I'm loved by God. We are more than conqueror through whom who loves us. So it's the revelation of his love for you that empowers you to win in life. No situation can blind me from his love because I see that love clearly through the cross. I believe his love. I don't just have a religious relationship with that love. I know it's more than that. I have a revelation of that love. The love of God is real to me. Masataba, I believe it. I drink it. You know, when most of the disciples were struggling for positions and some of them were claiming to love Jesus, there was one who just sat at his feet, put his head on his bosom, and kept on saying, I'm the disciple that Jesus loved. I'm the disciple that Jesus loved. John 19 26. And the disciple that, Je- I mean, I don't know how Peter handled it. Because in, there, there are four places where he used that phrase, and the disciple that Jesus loved. Guess whose name was put next to it? And Peter. He said, and the disciple that Jesus loved, and Peter. I, I mean, can you imagine you are the Peter, and you now saw John's account. Say, ah, uncle, come here. What are you trying to say? Are you saying I'm the disciple that Jesus does not love? Now, now what I'm trying to get across, Jesus loved all of them equally. But John saw it more than any one of them. He saw it. I love you so much that I will die for you. He ended up denying him three times. <laughs> the person that was not claiming to love God but claimed his love, the love of God for him, was the only one that was left at the feet of Jesus on the cross. When Jesus was looking for somebody to commit the most precious thing he had on earth, his mother, who did he find? The one that believed his love. Jesus loved all of them, but nobody believed it like John. I'm loved by God. Um, there's nothing like you waking up every day and the first thing that comes out of your mind, I'm loved by God. Nothing comes against me that can defeat me because I, I'm more than conqueror through whom that loved me. My lover will not leave me hanging. Hey, is somebody listening to me? That lift up your two hands and shout, I'm loved by God. So there's a low level of God. If you do this, I will do this. There's a higher level of God loves me. I don't need you to do anything else. What you have done in Christ is enough. I'm loved by God. Even in death, I'm loved by God. One of my daughters in faith, I was with her in Atlanta two weeks ago, went on vacation, and she shared an experience with me. You know, 
I'm be bubble, I've been bubbling that, in, that, in that experience that I shared with me. Two years ago, she nearly died. And she told me, he said, Pastor, do you know the reason? The only reason, he said, he said, that experience showed me I love my husband. I said, what do you mean? He said, Pastor, I was gone. I was already dancing. <laughs> he said, there's nothing on earth that compares with that experience. He said, although it was, they recorded it as a few minutes. But for me, it was like eternity. He was fun. See, as I was dancing and go, I just heard my husband's voice. Because at that point in the hospital, he was gone. And the husband was holding her hand and said, baby, come back. He said, when I had baby come back, ah! He said, ah, I can't leave my husband. And I turned, and as I turned, I opened my eyes. He said, but pastor, ah, that thing was sweet, oh. He said, it was sweet. I have a friend in Dallas, PK Olawale. He shared an experience with me. He said, Pastor, we are sharing, you know, we are sharing deep moments. He said, Ah, Pastor, something happened. He said, several years ago, one of my church members died. And this man is one of the most faithful, solid rock then. He said, I prayed for hours. And eventually he came back. Ah, I was excited. He said, I raised the dead. He said, but guess what? I lost a friend. He said, that man came back from the dead and he stopped greeting me. <laughs> said he today, does he talk to me? He said, the man will just see me and turn around and walk away. I'm sorry. I guess it's out of respect. He didn't want to talk. <laughs> but when United was class over, he said, Pastor, I lost a friend for over 20 years. He doesn't talk to me. He said, really? he said, he said just look at me and walk away. Apparently, anytime he sees that, he's the reason why I'm still here. <laughs> he told me, he said, what do I do? He said, stop talking to him because, because I raised him from the dead. Tell us, of blessed memory. The first time his wife went to, went to be with the Lord and died. Of course, he was always in the business of raising dead. So lay hands on the woman. Come back. And the woman came back. And the woman was angry. And he made him promise. He said, next time I go, leave me alone. <laughs> Even in that, for a believer, is a promotion. The same person you are crying with, hey, hey. that's why Paul says, hey. concerning believers, they slept, they didn't really die, they were dead. How can somebody die twice? They're already dead. So, what you are calling dead is just sleeping. It's transition, they move, they dropped this weight. Yeah. This is your body's weight. They dropped it and they became lighter. So for a believer, it's a win-win situation. They say, you know, I prayed and prayed and believed God and he still died. Maybe he wanted to go. There was somebody close to me that passed away two, year, two, two or three years ago. We're going to minister to her, give her communion. I just realized, the week before she died, went to her, I wanted to pray. She just turned her back. I'm serious. I was like, ah, ah, kilo day. Just turned her back. So I said all the prayer. She was disconnected. Apparently, she has on another level. This one, I'm going to. And she made sure she did not utter a single word. She left a few days after. My last encounter, I still remember. She just turned her back at me. And say, oh, I'm not. There's no, I'm gone. When somebody wants to go like that, let them be. In fact, it will be selfish. God loves me. 
Lift up your hands. In fact, jump up and shout it three times. God loves me. Sit down. Wow. There's so much, so much to say tonight, but maybe I will even end on this point. Listen, never judge the love of God by what you experience in life. It's not your next breakthrough. It's not your promotion. It's not your new contract. It's not your mansion. It's not the woman that said yes to you. Even when they said no to you, God still loves you. It could be God protecting your destiny. One of my mentees, I won't mention her name, very popular. You know, recently, we were talking on the phone. And I'm like, ah, uncle, why are you not married? He said, pastor, it's a long story. Somebody broke my heart. I said, how? He said, I've already, we're already engaged. And the next thing she said, she was not doing. I said, what happened? He said, this is the church she goes to. I said, ah, that was not a, that was not a, what do you call it? That's not a, is it breakup? Say that's not a breakup. That's a great deliverance. God rescued you. Are you so blinded that you want to? He said, "No, that's not a breakup. God delivered you." So don't tell me that somebody broke up with you. God, by His mighty hand, rescued your destiny. In other words, there are a few things that you even say you lost, but you didn't lose it. God was protecting you in His love. Believe the love of God. I'm convinced of the love of God. I don't need another miracle to be sure of his love. The death on the cross is enough proof. He pleased God to boost his own son. Ah. I believe the love of God. Let me just run through the rest. I believe that's the most point that God wants me to, to, to highlight. Number two, you factor in his grace. You, factor, you, you don't factor in anything more than his grace. You are under a covenant of grace. And under this covenant, you function from rest. You just function from rest. I believe in the finish work of redemption. Dr. Morax already did justice to that. I might not go so much into it. I function by the grace of God. What he did on that cross covers my eternity and so i rest and you know joy is a proof that i'm rested uh, why do the hidden ranger the people imagine the thing? the kings of the earth set themselves against the lord let us cast their courts and break their bands but he that sits in heaven you know in november the lord spoke to me concerning the the election that was just concluded in nigeria i know some of you are not happy you want to know what he told me? He said, rejoice over your nation. You know, there are certain prophets that should be arrested. <laughs> Some of them even did movies. It's movies. If you watch it, it's movies. Clowns. And the sad part is, a lot of them are now watching over their words to perform it. You know, God says, I will watch over my words. <laughs> There are some funny ones that some of them have said now they have to watch over it. And they're having Instagram search up to say, okay, let's push this word into manifestation. God told me, God did not tell me we win the election, but he told me clearly. He said, laugh over your nation. He that sits in heaven shall laugh. 
if God is at rest, is sitting and laughing, and you are here in Chicago, frowning and agitated all over the place, I don't know what I'm going to do. Listen, that means you are not in alignment. There is nothing you are dealing with that grace does not cover. What Jesus paid is not exact payment. It's overpayment. It's over, he overpaid it. The abundance of grace. Of his fullness. We have all received grace after grace. Grace after grace. Pastor, there is a major issue. There is a major grace. Stand up on your feet. You want to prevail? You must factor in the grace of God. Some of us, our problem is we see the issues, we see the problem more than God's grace. You know, Pastor, I'm going through a lot. What are you going through? There's nothing you are going through that Jesus did not go through on that cross. And he said it is finished. The payment is complete. Act like it. Stop wearing your pain. Wear Jesus. You are sucked into yourself. You know, I'm going through a lot. Really? Because you're about to go through much more. You know, it's not been easy. It's not been easy because all you see is you. When he says, looking unto Jesus, the author, number chapter 21 from verse 4 to 9, the, 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 the Israelites got, got beaten by serpents and they ran to Moses. And Moses said, what, what, what do I do to fix this? And he said, there's a solution. <laughs> and that solution is still valid till today. He said, put a bronze serpent on the tree and tell them, whosoever look, what a simple solution. He said, just look. Just keep on seeing that serpent on the, on, the, on the tree. He said, and the Bible says, as does they look, they were healed. They live. The secret to God kind of life is maintaining your focus and zero your focus on Jesus. Do you know even a bulky amount of money in your bank account can become a problem? Because you keep on logging on every time. <laughs> glory to God. It's not glory to God. You are worshipping the money. <laughs> Somebody said, how do you know? God corrected me several years ago. Some large sum of money entered the account. And I was so excited. God said, oh, cool. You know you have been having worship service. I said, how? Every time you log on, he's worship. You are worshipping that money. And that's why. Have you noticed that people that know how to work with God? Anytime. God has a way of taking your attention. One of the ways to take your attention of it is now you just start giving it. Start giving it. I'm your source. Not that thing. Not that business. Take, yeah, give it. Give it. It's trying to set you free. Give it. There are times that God will shut down that brook or share it because it has become your idol. And to prove to you that I'm God, He will send you to a, to a widow that cannot even take care of herself. Who are just the last meal to, to fix her and her, and her, and her son. The, a widow that's lost to he said, That's your next channel. Hey, Bala Kosotaba. I just want to prove to you I'm God. And you are getting distracted with channels. Giving is one of the greatest deliverance a believer can enjoy. Because giving just cleanses you, takes your attention off whatever. He said, Give it to me. Some of you are still struggling with 10%. There are people who say, everything, you made it for me. Am I not the owner? You are a steward, a manager. 
he still has the right to ask his manager to transfer all the funds into the main account and if he does not want to lose, lose his job as a manager what does he do he transfer i don't have time i would have taken you through some experiences i've had with god i've been to places to preach before i was the preacher that he was supposed to be blessing me Lord will say, Oh, concerning their building offering, you are giving 10 million. I say, Ah, they have not even given offering. These people cannot even give tight to that. He said, <laughs> <laughs> Several years ago, I remember I went to preach for someone, some man here in Chicago. The Lord told me, Give me a thousand dollars. I gave him a thousand, and the man gave me a tight of mine, a tight of my gift as my honorary. <laughs> so he blessed me with hundred dollars. And God said, You are fine. Because he's trying to let you know he's the source. There will be several channels. You want to prevail? Focus on the source. Jesus is a complete labos. He's enough. You can look at him for eternity and you will not exhaust that syllabus. The more you see, the more, the more you look, the more you see. Hey, Zachary, Allah, and your eyes are everywhere. There are people that are supposed to be in this meeting, but they are like, I gotta make what are you making? Is zero on Jesus. You want to prevail? Everything is in Jesus. Is the author and the finish of our faith. In fact, what we call faith is in Jesus. Just keep on seeing Jesus. Of His fullness, we've all received grace after grace. Have you been blessed tonight? I see this church moving to a whole new level. I see God calling people into a whole new level. a complete syllabus we don't need to update it it's ever updated it's ever relevant he said the Jews they were seeking for signs the Greek wanted wisdom but to them that believe is the power and the wisdom of God what is are you looking for is in him it's complete Lift up your two hands onto your lover and just 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 zero in on him tonight. Withdraw from you. When a season of supply and there's abundance of grace to drink from. So we take from you freely. I don't know what you need whether it's physical healing whether it's financial raise breakthrough in one aspect or the other everything is in Jesus he carries our solution he's the embodiment of grace he's good and he's kind makataya shatabab I love the song that says You are good You are kind You are more than this What To describe you Elohim Elion Alishelewi Red Red 
like every responsible man, I began to look at my life devoted to ministry for decades. My kids were growing up. I mean, and it looked like, have you been wise? No special saving for education. And you have boosted over and over that when your kids are going to college, you are not going to take any loan. Hmm. Uncle, it's not just private school, it's university. And your children's taste is not, they won't go to community college, oh. <laughs> but God kept on reminding me, he said, I can't send you on an errand and not take care of what you need. He said, by the time you get to that junction, I'll be waiting for you. You know, there have been times my wife and I we sat down and just reviewed things. It does not make sense again. At times you are like, what is happening to that account? So now I've grown feathers. I don't, I don't even look again. Just give them the account. There is no way it will be time to pay that the money will not be there. We underestimate grace. We trust our natural physical accounts more than the, the grace accounts. God says, go and do something. And you are checking your natural accounts. For by strength shall no man prevail. He was not counting on your accounts. When he gave you the assignment, he was counting on his account. The question is, can you trust him? Even in the ministry of Jesus, there were times that in the natural it looks as if there was deficit there was not enough and Jesus said okay throw your nets and the first fish that come out open the mouth did he ever fail? unless that word is not from the Lord if that instruction is from God you know all the projects I've struggled with they were, they were projects I did by my account the projects I did on his account he paid for it the ones I was so confident there's money for it that was where there was struggle I don't know who I'm talking to tonight I see God raising you to another level calling you into new realms there's some of you God, God is going to call out of your regular 8 to 5 listen and the reason why he's calling you out of 8 to 5 is because he, he has more need of your time it's like your 8 to 5 is not allowing me to use you the way I want to use you so I will give you something else so that you can launch into the deep there's abundance of grace there's more than enough right there but can you trust me? You want to prevail? 
It's not going to be on natural strength. It's not going to be on your intellect. And listen, listen, listen. As I close, before I pray for you, listen. Can you lower the sound? I'm loving it, but let's lower it. Just to communicate this. Do you know God loves to strip you before he can dress you? He loves to take you to that place where there's nothing to depend on again. Then he said, now we can walk with you. Because he wants to do something that you will not be able to boast about because you know he has to be the one doing it. Today is the first day of this conference and God is saying there's another level. I'm calling you as a church into another level. But it's going to be by grace. As we function from race and speaking as a prophet, there are certain things that your pastor is going to be saying in the next few months and it won't make sense. And the Lord told me, say, for as many as we run with it and say, let's do it. He said, I will open channels for you that will blow your mind. Now, let me now shock you. God says, I will not need many people. In fact, he loved to work with a few. He loved to work with us with a few. But tonight, I'm trusting God that a generation of grace will rise up. Now we say, Lord, we're ready to go all the way. We're not going to trust our intellect. We're not going to trust the natural. But we're going to trust the supplies that came through you by Christ Jesus. And just do anything you will have us do. Because what God wants to do, it will take more than you. It will take him. If somebody is saying tonight, Pastor, I want to release myself to the fullness. It's a strange call, but let me make it. Somebody, you know yourself that you are too calculative, everything planned, you know, you are organized, you are structured. You have ways of qualifying yourself, but they are all fleshly qualification. It simply means you don't trust God. It must make sense. If it doesn't make sense, you don't do it. But the Bible says the just shall live by faith. You are here tonight, you know that's you. But you are saying, Lord, help me in this season. I want to launch into the deep. I want to do more. And I'm saying, you can take me all the way. I'm fine. Let me read Matthew 11.28 for you, and I'm going to make that call. Matthew 11.28. Thank you. Thank you, Come on, have you been blessed tonight? Matthew 11, there's a, there's a translation I want to read it from. The, the message translation, Matthew eleven twenty-eight. Are you there? The regular KJV say, come to me, or you labor and a heavy laden, and I will give you what? Rest. I love this translation. It says, verse, it says are you tired, worn out, burnt out on religion? Come to me, get away with me. And you recover your life. I will show you how to take a real rest. Verse 29. Walk with me. And walk with me. Walk with me and walk with me. And watch how I will do it. Learn the unforced readings of grace. I won't lay anything heavy. Or heel fitting on you. God is calling for people that say. You know what? Can we do that walk of grace? And just. Rely on you. Total dependency. So that you can take us to where we can take ourselves. And you can do what we can do for ourselves. 
if you are here tonight and you know you have a natural struggle along those lines and you want to say lord i just release myself into the flow of grace i want to enjoy the unforced rhythm of your grace i want you to come forward i want to pray for you You know naturally you have struggles along those lines. At times the preacher is speaking and you're like, oh, it doesn't make sense. I am very structured and organized. I love, I don't like surprises. That's the word. I don't like surprises. I like to plan everything. Because this I want to surprise you. I will ask you to do what you will not naturally do. Come closer, come closer. I will call you to new levels, new realms. I will give you instructions that don't make sense. I will ask you to do things. You know, I was in Atlanta two weeks ago, and my wife, my wife's friend, was supposed to come and see us. In the first place, I didn't want to see anybody because it was supposed to be vacation. In fact, I fought her first. I said, "Why now? I didn't invite my friend. Now you are inviting your friends." And the friend came into the Airbnb where we are. And my plan was just to walk out and say, oh, God bless you, God bless you. You came for your friend. Enjoy your friend. Me, I'm enjoying my vacation. But I found myself sitting down and hearing their story. It blessed me. And as it was blessing me, the Lord told me, oh, yeah, go and write a check of $10,000. I said, ah, okay. Someone said, didn't you bind it? There's nothing to bind. Because that voice, I, I know it is him is not the devil so i went i wrote the check i won't lie to you when that check was withdrawn last week i felt it <laughs> but that's the life of grace it's not i mean fine you are receiving but it's the life that let go somebody say let go i can't hear you say let go, let go. you know naturally i, w- I would love to put ten thousand dollars into bitcoin you, you know what I'm talking about. You can, there are a lot of things you can do with $10,000. True. But God says, oh, let go. And I will take care of you. Lift up your two hands unto heaven. I pray for everyone under the sound of my voice. As your word has been preached tonight. I pray for a new level of sensitivity. To the spirit of grace. The ability to trust God living by the faith of the son of God primarily not putting their trust in anything but Jesus coming to a place where their total dependency is on the source and not any natural channel a place where they can walk with you knowing fully well that though they walk through the valley of the shadow of death there's nothing to fear because you are with them Lord I pray with all my heart for them that as a church Victory House is coming to a whole new level of grace the new level that the leadership desires listen to me the Lord spoke to me he said the reason why you call them out is that new level is in them 
is is not god is not going to bring from out is in them tonight marks the beginning of that new season of consecration a consecration to take a walk with god a life of total dependency where god begins to carry his own and take them to where they can carry themselves in the name of jesus look at me you know i talked to you at the beginning about the man that i had to be speaking into his ear give to me more than any other person more than any other church you come to my house one time say pastor i just want to see you ten thousand dollars one thousand was the least and i'm like what happened he said pastor i caught it <laughs> you will be shocked do you know listen what makes the difference is the man trusted grace that was the day he was driving me and i looked at him he said go and resign your job i said okay <laughs> my wife is pregnant but said, i should resign he said there's someone for you but you will miss out so he said, said pastor said we should resign so he resigned and you know if he had not resigned he would have missed out on all the channels that god opened some of you, you just pastor <laughs> said that you resign. <laughs> will, you be, will you be the one to pay my bills? <laughs> it's okay, pastor. You don't get it. Don't worry. I'm waiting for the conviction of the spirits. The spirit has not bore witness in my spirit. Courage of grace. There are times that God will speak to him and he will speak over you, and what he will say will not even make sense. But the ability to trust that voice of grace. I said, okay, let me do it. And boom, 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 boom. New levels. New levels. God will call you. I'm speaking prophetically. God will call you to some levels. I'll be like, like they were saying, Yoruba, what happened? People will not understand you again. They'll be like, what has happened? What's going on? It's because you have come to a place of total dependency. Lift up your hands and shout, total dependency on the grace of God anybody here trust the grace of God wow have you been blessed tonight so I declare prophetically that victory house is coming to a season of grace a season of unusual grace where there will be collision of kairos people will find themselves in right place right time over and over consistently and there will be so many things beyond what you'll be able to explain. And I pray for every member under the sound of my voice that you'll be a partaker of it. Father, we give you praise. The Lord spoke to me and said, you have come into a season of much grace. That's what I had. Into a season of what? Much grace. Hey, hey. Much grace. Much grace people say what are they doing it's much grace much grace God says God says I see your hearts and the season of reward has come and the house is stepping into much grace I see a fountain of much grace God told me say, as people walking they walk into much grace even things will happen that they know is beyond them it's just because of what they are in somebody shout much grace Somebody shout much grace. 
Somebody shout much grace. Are you ready? Much grace. So welcome into a season of much grace. I thought I was going to lay hands, but there's no need. Did you get something out of this? Uh, so there are materials. I think uh, they should be about 12 books. I've written about 35 books. But 12 of them are here. Some are just $5. Some are $10. I think one of them is $15, Preset of Excellence. And I call this the Encyclopedia. I think Toko was the one that did this one. Uh, the Empowered Life. You remember? She used to be my, she was my executive assistant. She, she was everything. You know, there's some people we call them church office. Uh, oh, you, you didn't get it. Pastor, you know what I'm talking about. The church office is not a physical, it's their people. You call them 12 midnight, they will pick up. Pastor, do you need anything? Church office. Uh, every ministry needs a what? A church office. Every ministry needs a what? A church office. They think for you. In fact, you are the one that will tell them. As I'm talking, I'm not praying. When guys thinking about some people, after you'll be the one to say, "Please slow down." Say, "I have ideas." You are finishing a conference. They are already thinking about the next conference. Pastor, I think we can do this. They say, ah, ah, "Go on vacation." Even they're on vacation, they are calling you. I have another idea. So we call people like that. Church office, and every ministry needs what? church office a church office the church office closes officially at five but they never close so she was one of the church office god blessed me with several years ago in those seasons we were just pumping books out because we are church office for that and so this book will bless you the empower life is twenty dollars I mean, a lot of things that God taught me on the blessing you will see there. Have you been blessed tonight? The Lord told me to tell you this, and your pastor didn't tell me anything. He said, concerning this conference, he said, be generous in your giving. In our tribe, we don't raise money like that, but we give instruction. Be what? Generous. He said, there are going to be sessions that God will tell you to give what does not make sense. I don't know who I'm talking to. Be what? Generous. You have signed for a, a life of grace, right? That's what it means, though. That means your life is not your own again. This is life. After all, you died. And the life which you now live, you live by the faith of the Son of God. So your account, he has free access to your account. Grace. Lord told me, he said, you are coming to a season that one person will walk up to you and say, sir, concerning that project you've been talking about, will you not mention it in church again? Just give us the bill. At times, it will be a committee of friends. Three people. Say that next program, the next 24, just give us the whole bill. We will pay for it. That is the level. And the Lord told me, he said, listen, the people that will be sensitive to instructions that God is giving are the people that will walk in that much grace. Please don't join rebels. Rebels have ideas that are contrary to pastors. They will call for their own meetings. 
what you think pastor does that make sense please don't join them because there's a strong grace coming upon this house coming through you oh did you hear me someone say it's coming through me oh are you ready for your next level come on can you rejoice can, can you just don't worry you will buy that house in, in suburb you will ride the best cars but guess what those things will not define you they will just be things even you will forget that you have that kind of car it's the people that will remind you oh you have that car oh really oh it's just a car it's a season mark my word today is the 30th of march right mark my word a new season a new portal open up in the realm of the spirits and he says it's a season of what much grace much grace there's a lot god wants to do through you as a church in the city uh, pastor emmanuel i saw i saw like a huge pool of young people just pulling in just pulling in pulling in lord told me he said it will it will require resources to take good care of them and the resources is coming to you now i mean god told me he said you'll be a church that will be known for programs he said it's okay People that want to criticize you, let them criticize you. God gives different strategies to different people. He said, one of the things I'm going to give you is programs upon programs. He said, just keep on doing it. You know, everybody has his own formula. But God told me, as a church, this is one of the things that will work for you. He said, and those things, we pull the necessary people from the north, the south, the east, and the west, from all over the city. And you will leap from... He said, and mark my words he said every program will take you to a higher level he said you will just notice that you finished this program and we changed we finished this program and we changed it's a season it's a calling it's an assignment and god is saying don't fail me because there's a generation that god needs to disciple there's a new generation that we cannot afford to miss and god says i'm giving you a responsibility to catch them Father, we thank you.